Hey, it's Michael Barbaro. and the luxury of a Calgon bath. Calgon softens the water to leave skin feeling silky smooth as it lifts your spirits. The soft, luxurious... After World War II in the 50s and 60s, they started calling us consumers. The American consumer needs or should or meh. And so we did consume. Now they don't use those words anymore. Listen, the American taxpayer. <laughs> that's not afraid to say out loud we're going to tax the hell out of the wealthy and when we do that donald trump right on cue will call us socialists well here's what i'll say to him donald you're the real socialist the problem is it's socialism for the rich I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. What's your frequency can at the Hello? Hey, it's Michael Barbaro.
Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow Tea, a New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow. From sunny Bushwick, Brooklyn. Actually, it's cloudy today. And the Winslow T broadcast booth. This is Race to the Bottom. Mm. Hi, I'm your host, John Reed. Thank you for tuning in for another exciting episode of the show. What are, I think this is our 25th episode, if I'm not mistaken. We're hearing Brimmer and McCoy in the background from Denmark. Our, our Dan, that means they're Danish, right? I always mess that up for some reason. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to be back with you all. I am sipping on some Winslow tea. Mmm. I just finished it up. Having it lukewarm with a straw. With a plastic straw, I know. They didn't have any paper straws, guys. But that's how you know it's Winslow. Drink it good to the last drop. And, uh... You can share your Winslow stories on social media with the hashtag HowYouKnow. Shared on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Show your support for Winslow T, right? So, how about that mashup to start start the show? It was fun. We heard from our buddy friend of the show, Michael Barbaro. We heard the intro to the John Lennon song, Cold Turkey. Cold Turkey, uh, not to be confused with chlorinated chicken, which the EU is is worried about, but but maybe maybe not so much England. Maybe we'll send them our chlorinated chicken, right? That's a Brexit deep cut. 
We heard from Calgon, which wants to take you away, that, that old ad. We heard smiling faces sometimes, more on that in a little, in a couple minutes. We heard the end of the song Passion Fruit by Drake. And man, that's that song's my jam. Do, any Drake fans out there, is there are there more uh, Drake songs like Passion Fruit? He should do a whole album like that. It's a good song. We heard from my buddy, R.I.P. George H.W. Bush with the colorful socks, my colorful sock inspiration, George H.W. Bush, talking about Read My Lips. Then we heard from Toni Morrison from her interview with Hilton Alls, which was on the New Yorker. I guess it was part of the New Yorker Festival, but it was on the New Yorker Radio Hour uh, after her her death. Talking about the American taxpayer, and then and we got a little we had a little uh, tax trilogy. Then we heard from our beloved mayor Bill De Blasio talking about how he's going to tax the hell. Go to taxthehell.com. Find more about that. What a jabroni. Speaking of jabroni, I was slamming the Mr. Rogers movie on on this show, and I read the review. It actually sounds like it's good. So that's my bad. I'll I'll go see it and let you guys know. Maybe it will show up and recommended down the line here. How do you square that circle, right? We heard from, well, you in this, this, my words exactly. We heard from, what's his name? Jeffrey Osborne, just once. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough. Shout out to Tom Sharpling and The Best Show for that inside joke. That is now a race to the bottom inside joke as well. We heard from R.E.M., What's the Frequency, Kenneth? But just that line of the song, which is a song that gets uh, quoted a lot in my household. My wife says, what's the weather like? And I say, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Or what's the weather like, Kenneth? Which I sing. The title of the song, What's the Frequency Kenneth, refers to an incident in New York City in 1986 when two then-unknown assailants attacked journalist Dan Rather while repeating, Kenneth, what's the frequency? That was back when uh, New York had a little heart, (laughs) right? The good old days. Uh, We heard from Zach Galifianakis yelling out he ain't gonna email you which always makes me laugh and then the Sundays here's where the story ends remember the Sundays so guys bring down Bremer and McCoy I'm turning 40 by the next show I will be 40 years old and I just wanted to reflect on that it makes it's making me feel really mortal 
to be 40, to be turning 40. There's something cushiony about being 30 years old, even if you're 39 and 362 days or whatever. But it made me, um, this milestone made me reflect on um, uh, when I was a, a young lad and it was my dad's 40th birthday party. And uh, we had, they had a bunch of people over uh, for his 40th birthday. And I, I think I remember that they, there were like black balloons that said over the hill. Um, I think that was for his party, the balloons part. But I know that there were a ton of people at the, I think it was the first like big party that I'd ever been to or been at. Um, and um, my, uh, I, I had a blast. I, you know, I was like four or five years old and, um, I was running all around the place and this song, I remember distinctly coming on the stereo. It's Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling. And if uh, you're watching the video like I am right now, you see that Lionel Richie is uh, climbing up the wall. And uh, I, I can only assume that this is um, in <laughs> uh, accomplished through special effects. I don't think Lionel Richie actually had this talent for dancing on the ceiling in this way. But man, did I want to do this. And Dancing on the Ceiling came on the radio, uh, a bunch of adults. Like a lot of my life, I was the only kid and surrounded by a bunch of adults. And if I didn't try to dance on the ceiling, started putting one foot up on the side of the wall. And now in the video, <laughs> uh, Lionel Richie's helping his bandmates and some other party goers up onto the wall. And now they're on the ceiling dancing. And this is this is what I wanted to happen at this party. But you know what? It's there's there's just some realities about life. We can't uh, uh, one of them is gravity and there's the gravity of age, which gets us all. I remember this moment so well. 35, 36 years ago. And uh, and now and now I'm I'm the guy having the party. Don't have a kid yet to to dance on the ceiling, but uh, maybe I'll try tonight. One more time for good measure, right? <sighs> so-
So I talk a lot of trash on this show from time to time, and and I have to balance that out with our next segment uh, that's brought to us uh, today by Room for Cream um, with many locations in Manhattan and Brooklyn, and I think one in Astoria, if I'm not mistaken. Room for Cream focuses on the cream so you don't have to, and they're uh, they're bringing us recommendation today. So let's hear from Room for Cream, and then I've got a recommendation. Does this sound familiar? Can I get a large coffee? Yeah, do you want room for cream? This is Bethany from A Room for Cream, where we focus on the cream so you don't have to. Yeah, we've got 1%, 2%, half and half, and whole and whole. But we also have soy milk, almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk, rice milk, oat milk, and flax milk. But it keeps on coming. We also can lighten your coffee with milk from other animals, like goat's milk. Camel's milk, buffalo milk, yak milk, horse milk, donkey milk, sheep's milk, reindeer milk, and giraffe milk. Come and see us in the city, on the Upper East Side, and Chelsea, or our Brooklyn locations in Brooklyn Heights and Crown Heights. Or stop by our new locations in Queens, in Forest Hills, and Astoria. That's why they call us a room for cream. See you at the shop. Yeah, so recommendation. My recommendation, my recommended uh, thing for this week is, um, well, I, I talked about the, the song Smiling Faces sometimes. I played it in the mashup. And this song was referenced in this article that I read this week um, in The New Yorker. Yes, The New Yorker. Uh, called Clarence Thomas's Radical Vision of Race by Corey Robin. And um, it's a, I thought it was a fascinating article. Um, and, you know, we all love, <laughs> we all love Clarence, but uh, I didn't really know uh, much of his history and his, how he came to be such a um, conservative gentleman. Um, I did not know that Clarence Thomas came at his conservatism through kind of a uh, black power, black separatist, radical uh, venue. Um, he was a big fan of the uh, Black Panthers and and even black separatists like Marcus Garvey. And he believes... Um, that integration and affirmative actions, action um, are the kind of the ideas of white people to maintain their kind of paternalistic elitism um, and and um, supremacy. Uh, and he believes that uh, I, be, I in a in a phrase he he kind of believes that uh, separate can be equal and can almost be better. Uh, for blacks to have their their own institutions, and he thinks that integration uh, really severely damaged a lot of um, black institutions. Very uh, controversial, 
Um, not sure I agree with it, but it's it's fascinating to hear where he's coming from. Um, especially because if he stays on the uh, Supreme Court for a couple more years, he will be the longest uh, tenured Supreme Court justice of all time. And he really uh, shapes the conservative wing of the court. And it's I think it's interesting and emblematic that he has this very uh, pes- extremely pessimistic view of race in the country. He, It's not that he... Uh, believes uh, is like a um, turns a blind eye to racism. He actually thinks that it is so entrenched in our society that uh, we um, I'm I'm not sure what the thing that he believes after that. It's it's a bit convoluted, but it's a pretty fascinating article. Again, Clarence Thomas's racial vision. Radical vision of race. Um, I think it might just be on in the New Yorker online. I'm not sure if it's in the print edition. So that is my recommendation for the week. Phone number is 718-928-9732. And I would love to hear from you all. I'd love to hear what you like, what you didn't like. Uh, what's going on in your life? Um, we're going to work out people's call on music. And uh, yeah, let's let's do this thing. Um, I think we have some some might have some calls scheduled, but if not, we got a ton of music to play. And and man, do we have a political checkup from Johnny's Automotive. Uh, so let's ride out on this on this uh Bremer and McCoy and then take some calls and 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 hang okay okay bye
Support for Race to the Bottom comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, the Melville Charitable Trust, the Moby Dick Charitable Trust, the Charitable Trust for people who have read Moby Dick, the Charitable Trust for people who say they have read Moby Dick, the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Carnegie Corporation of Alabama, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Alfred E. Newman Foundation, the Mad Magazine Foundation, the Cracked Magazine Foundation, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the Easy E Foundation, the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Chevy Foundation, the Bob Seeger Foundation, the Boss Skaggs Foundation, the My Uncle Said My Music Sounds Like Boss Skaggs Foundation, the Who Is Boss Skaggs Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, the Noyce Foundation, the People Who Say Nice Like Noyce Foundation, Joan Crock, the That's a Crock Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Stanley Foundation, the Angela Foundation, the Oscar Foundation, the Creed Foundation, the Phyllis Foundation, AARP, Alaska Airlines, American Society of Clinical Oncology, American Society of Non-Clinical Oncology, American Society of Partially Clinical Oncology, Charles Schwab, the ConocoPhillips Company, the Wilson Phillips Company, First Look Studios Home Entertainment, Blockbuster Video, Miramax Films, the National Association of Professional Organizers, the National Association of Semi-Professional Disruptors, the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association, the American SDFU Association, Anheuser-Busch Companies, Dow Chemical Company, T. Rowe Price, Corn Rowe Price, General Motors Corporation, Specific Motors Corporation, National Association of Realtors, Johnson Controls, and the Carey Group. Race to the bottom. It's, it's your Dr. Dad calling. Dr. Dad, what's going on? Oh, I'm just enjoying uh, life and enjoying uh, the race to the bottom. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, do, do you remember your 40th birthday party? Oh, yes, I do. And uh, I, I figured the math out, and I think you were three years and about uh, five months old. Well, uh, leave it to Dr. Dad to do the math. Because, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so that was a pretty vivid memory for that, that early in life, huh? Oh, I know. Yep. So, uh, so, so how, how are the 40s? How, what, do you, what would you, advice would you give about being uh, in, uh, turning 40, Dr. Dad? Um, I'd, I'd begin to start uh, developing wisdom. Uh, I don't, you know, it's hard to know what wisdom is, but, uh, um, I, I started really studying at age 50, but I'd say, Hey, start at 40. As soon as you get 40, start reading about wisdom and try to develop it. What about eating wise potato chips? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to start eating healthy food, uh, Probably when you're 30, but uh, yeah. certainly by 40, you wanna you wanna be thinking about staying healthy for the next uh, 40 to 50 years. Okay, okay. I I'm I feel like I've got a head start on that. Been been Good. eating healthy for the past few years here, um, or healthfully, as uh, uh-huh. as one of our sponsors insists that we say on the show. Um, so yeah, all, all right. All right. I, um, I'll, so I'll work on the health and the wisdom. Um, all right. Thank you for that, Dr. Dad. My, you my, bet. my dad, your doctor, uh, what else is going on? Well, when you br- uh, brought up the t- topic of race, I realized that race does not exist. And, um, we are all one race called humans. And, uh, 
we just have different colors. And the reason that we have different colors it has to do with how 100,000 years ago, uh, black African Americans migrated up north and got depigmented like you and I are because you have an advantage. Uh, you can absorb more sun, which then turns what's already there into vitamin D. And without vitamin D, you don't develop strong bones and so on. So basically, uh, in the last 100,000 years, um, that evolved into into having different paint jobs on us. But we're all the same race. We're all human beings. I hear what you're saying, Dr. Dad, but I think that is, is uh, I mean, yes, scientifically and maybe anthropologically that's true, but, but when you... Um, but for whatever reason, our society, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people who um, have a very palpable feeling of their race who walk through life, um, you know, with with an, in an environment that's different because of their skin color and, and other people's reaction to it. So, yes, in a scientific way and maybe in a philosophical way, there's no race, but. I think that there is definitely people experience their their race in in really deep ways. Yes, I agree. But um, the the other uh, the other way to think about it is the the way the friends, the religious group friends, they say there is of God in everyone, and so when you realize that, suddenly those barriers of us good, them bad, us better, all that just Puff just disappears. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll try that, uh, and we'll we'll get a uh, we'll get Clarence Thomas to try that as well. <laughs> uh, I think he's married to a white woman. He is. Yes, they talk so, about that in in the article. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so it, he made an ex- exception <laughs> to uh, merge together with a different race. Yes, huh? I guess he did. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of psychological stuff going on in in that. Um, well, Doctor Dad, it's always great to hear from you, and you gave us a lot to chew on, and uh, we always appreciate it. And um, uh, well, keep calling in. Thank you, and I'll uh, continue to enjoy your show. All right. And uh, all right. Bye bye. Bye, Doctor Dad. Phone number, 718-928-9732. We got a little housekeeping, uh, and then maybe we'll take another call. Uh, Where is this thing? Oh, yeah, here it is. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Also, please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to announce that we have launched an after-school program for teenagers to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you'd be interested in participating or donating to this program, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash afterschool. And remember, all donations are tax-deductible. Race to the bottom. Hey, John. It's Howie. Hey, Howie. How's it going? Oh, it's going, you know, it depends on when, when you talk to me. <laughs> uh, it was going better yesterday than today. Yeah, so everybody, this is Howie, and he's Howie's kind of our, our New York Mets correspondent, uh, a Mets fan since their inception. Um, and as you know, I, uh, too, am a Mets fan. And, man, it has been a uh, no... Not not an uninteresting uh, season. We can put it that way, right? Oh, interesting uh, to, to say the least. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So Intriguing so the Mets. Yeah, yeah. So the Mets started out uh, with high hopes and played well, and then and then really hit the skids, and and kind of all hope was lost, and then they went on this tear, and somehow uh, I think. We'd all kind of, for a team where you got to believe, I think most of us had given up hope. And then they just won like uh, an insane amount of games. And then everything was 15 out of 16. 15 out of 16, got back in it, and then kind of slacked off again. And then uh, for like a third time, uh, got back in the conversation and uh, just swept the Diamondbacks. But then they're playing. One of the most formidable teams uh, this weekend, and just uh, got got trounced by the Dodgers last night. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Is is definitely the word. I mean, you know, just when you think they're right right in the thick of it, then they lose lose six in a row, and <laughs> you sort of just have very faint hope. And just when you kind of give up hope, uh, then they they sweep the Diamondbacks four in a row. And they're like two two behind Chicago, one behind a couple other teams, and and they're right there. And every game, you know, is so so crucial now. Every game is is really important. There's I think 15 games left. Uh, you know, so they're right, like you said, John. They're playing the Dodgers, maybe the best team in all of baseball, and they got trounced last night. Yeah. So. That means, boy, it's like they, they got got to win today. You know, every game, it's like we can't fall any further behind. So, you know, we we have some hope, but we uh, we got to win a whole bunch of of the games left out of fifteen. We probably have to win eleven or so <laughs> to have a realistic shot. Exactly, and aside from the Dodgers, uh, then we got a pretty easy schedule. Um, but sometimes I feel like the Mets do better against difficult teams because sometimes they'll play. They got swept by the Marlins, who are 
behind the uh, uh, aside from the Orioles are the worst team in baseball, and we got swept right. by them earlier in the season. We planned we're playing mm-hmm. the Reds and the Rockies. Not not really great competition, and then we're ending up the season uh, back at home here in New York against the Braves. And I'm I, Howie. I, I don't know if I told you I bought a ticket to that last. Uh, game of the season, um, a solo ticket. Uh, just going to go and yeah. med- meditate and hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, celebrate. But we'll see. Ho- hopefully, that will be a day of celebration, <laughs> John. Hopefully, that will be a, a very meaningful game. Um, you know, the Braves always seem to have our number, and it's interesting that the last three games of the season are against the Braves. But the Braves will have, um, I don't know if they've clinched the division yet, but they are about to. So hopefully, um, you know, it won't be a meaningful game for the Braves and they'll be resting some of their players. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that, that's a meaningful game. Um, wa- wanted to mention something, John. You're, you mm-hmm. may be aware of this, but uh, obviously a few days ago was was 9-11, right? Yes. And there was a ceremony at City Field before the game, uh, you know, a memorial for 9-11. And uh, Pete Alonso, you know, for those of you that, that aren't aware, he's this incredible um, home run hitter, rookie, first baseman for the Mets. And he wanted the Mets to wear hats that said 9-11, but for some reason, uh, Major League Baseball wouldn't allow it. So they all wear sh- wore shoes all the Mets players wore shoes yeah said 9-11 and on in that game they won um nine nothing and they got nine runs and 11 hits yeah just a little interesting tidbit yes yes very very uh very apropos um yeah that Pete Alonso seems like a seems like a a heck of a guy um and Yeah. yeah it it's it's an exciting team and and it seems like they're actually really uh tight uh as as uh as a as friends uh for the most part and uh it would it would be great to see them uh go at least a, a little bit further hope springs eternal right it hope springs eternal and you know it's like you got to believe exactly um, and they, they do they seem to have a good chemistry they have a good energy they seem like they really have a lot of fun together. A lot of good young players like Alonzo and McNeil and J.D. Davis, um, you know, and a good, good pitching staff. We need to shore up, shore up that bullpen. Oh my God. You know, we, and now you think, man, it's going to be a matter of just getting in or just not getting in. And you think of, you know, a few games like when they were winning 10 to four in the ninth inning mm-hmm. and lost. And when they got swept by Chicago and you think, man, if they just could have kept, held on and won that game or won one of the games against Chicago. I mean, you know, every game is important, but like you said, it is, you know, it's fun to watch and we, we got a reason to, to keep watching now. Exactly. Um, well, uh, Howie, I got to move on to the political okay. checkup sponsored by Johnny's automotive, okay. which is, uh, a, a, a automotive service in your neck of the woods and in, in, in Western North Carolina, uh, so thank you for the call, and okay. um, hopefully and, we'll uh, be talking ag- again soon on or one of these next Saturdays celebrating. 
Yes, hopefully you'll be celebrating the last game of the season. And uh, let's go Mets. You got to believe and keep hope alive. All right. Thanks. Thanks for All the right. call, Take Howie. Care, John. Okay, right. bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, Howie. Checking in. Checking in. Uh, all right, we we gotta we gotta do this. Uh, political checkup. Johnny's Automotive. People say the best place in Western North Carolina get a muffler, a transmission, a timing belt, or a suspension replaces Johnny's. Why? Because at Johnny's Automotive, they do the job right and check it. That's Johnny's way. Come down to Johnny's on the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek and get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Like clockwork. With a last name like Reed, you know I know how to read a good deal. That's why I go to Johnny's Automotive to get the job done right and then have it checked. Because that's Johnny's way. It's been a crazy week. For more on this, it's time for What in the Crap. What in the Crap? What in the Crap? So, I'm ambivalent about what in the crap these days. You want me to talk, I, I did this last week, but I'm going to do it again. You want? You really want to hear me talk about inviting the Taliban to Camp David? You really want to hear me uh, talk about John Bolton? You really want to hear me talk about Chrissy Teigen and Donald Trump? Ah! An omelet bar, and they're back and forth. Although I, my hats off to Chrissy Teigen, uh, and her her clap back. But is is that how stupid we're getting? Maybe Chrissy Teigen's the one to take this guy down, right? Maybe when it's all said and done, it's gonna be Chrissy Teigen who uh, who who. Uh, who brings down the uh, emperor with no clothes. Maybe it's going to be like this. All you do? Whoops. Oh. All you do? Vote to impeach. Bye-bye, birdie. Bye-bye, birdie. I wanted to play the... Ladies and gentlemen, we got him thing, but I didn't have that. I apologize to Miss Teagan. You really want to hear me talk about how Todd filed from divorce from Sarah? Citing incompatibility of temperament? You think either of them has ever said, uh, ever talked in that kind of, of, of a register? I don't think they know those words. Anyway, what what do you want me to do? I might I might bag this what in the crap segment. Yeah, have Bill Mark talk to you about these issues, right? Is this what I, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with Johnny about what in the crap? See what he thinks. But I do want to talk about the debate, and that's why it's time for everybody's favorite segment. 
Who do you want to win? And who... gonna win uh close close followers of the show uh will will recognize the fact that i talked about having brian ripkin on the show this week from buzzfeed news to talk about the debates and he's not here he was not able to call in because uh brian ripkin got me too uh i'm just gonna come out and say it um i thought he was a good guy but uh turns out that he is um is is inappropriate at the workplace um uh to both men and women um and he no longer works for BuzzFeed News he said he's going to get uh counseling um we wish him the best but also we are uh pretty saddened to to hear that our our news correspondent from BuzzFeed News uh has uh you know, made a lot of people feel uncomfortable at, at BuzzFeed. So, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, we wish the best to Brian, but we also, uh, more importantly, wish the best to his uh, his victims. Um, so, you know, on Facebook, I guess I donated at some point to Beto O'Rourke when he was uh, going up against Ted Cruz. And man, now Facebook, all these, they're on to me. Every uh, every other thing on Facebook is an ad from from one of the candidates asking me for money, and uh, it's funny because Julian Castro, you know this Julian Castro guy. Every time he asks for money, he says, um, "Let me be blunt, or I'm gonna be blunt. Uh, I need money." Um, and and I guess all this all this all this blunt being. Uh, really spilled over into the debate and uh if if you didn't catch the debate julian castro went went after biden a lot of people thought he he looked mean uh he was he made fun of biden for uh forgetting what what uh he said you did you just forget what you just said two minutes ago did you and then he kept repeating that question again and again as if we didn't hear him the first time i think if he said it once it would have been more effective but it was like he he knew he had this line and then he he said that um he said biden um was uh kind of betraying uh obama's legacy and that he castro was the was the one to really see it through um but i thought that maybe castro didn't do it in the right way but he did. He did bring up how when when Biden uh, when Biden wants to talk about something that uh, Obama did that uh, people like, man, he'll cling on to that like the like a security blanket. But whenever it's whenever it's something a little questionable like deportations, Biden skedaddles. He's out. He's out. He said, "Oh, I was just the vice president." I also think somebody could go after Biden by just saying something like, because it's hard, you know, if people don't know how to, how to, um, people who, who, who want to kind of get to Biden, they got to do it in a way where they don't seem mean. Everybody kind of feels for Biden. He's Grandpa Joe or Uncle Joe. Grandpa Joe is from Willy Wonka. 
he's Uncle Joe. Although I could see him in one of those, the beds where they're, it's like the four-person bed. Anyway, if if Uncle Biden became Grandpa Joe, who would he take to the chocolate factory? All right, don't tell me that one. That That's problematic. Um, anyway, somebody could say to Biden... Look, you, we, you, you, your whole thing is basically running against Omelette Bar and talking about how this guy's a disaster. But one of the worst things about Omelette Bar is he'll never admit when he's wrong or when he's lied or, uh, and he'll never apologize for anything. And it seems like you have taken that uh, stance yourself. Is there anything that you would be willing to apologize for? Any of the gaffes, any of the uh, kind of uh, ridiculous things that you've said, or 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 major mistakes, can you uh, can you fess up to anything, Joe? That might be a uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that would be a, a way to to open up a, a line of attack uh, when he's talking about record players and and kids needing to hear more words which is kind of debunked science. Kids do need to be talked to, but I don't think they need to just have words around them that the uh, this studies kind of show you need engagement, not just a, a quote-unquote record player playing. Um, but uh, yeah, who else? It, it was kind of Beto's uh, make it or break it, and I guess Beto kind of... Um, Stepped up and and might be getting another look. Uh, who do you think smells the worst out of the ten people on stage? Again, I would go with Biden. I think maybe um, like like a pea soup kind of smell, maybe with like a Werther's, uh, a hint of Werther's original. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the phones can ring on that uh, next week, Bernie. Uh, had uh, no voice. He needed a, a lozenge. I felt bad for him, but uh, he he already kind of yells a bit, and some people have an issue with that. But substitute, substitute. I can't say this word. Substitute leave. Substitute. I uh, you know which word I'm trying. Substantively. Uh, cut, give me a call. How do you say that word? <laughs> Uh, he did fine, uh, but he, man, he was kind of hard to, it was hard to listen to him. Rough, rough on the ears. But, uh, you know, everybody talked, and myself included, keeps talking about this big left-center divide in the, in the, uh, electorate. But something that I noticed, and, and I, I guess this was originally pointed out on, on 538 Live blog, but really the only big left-to-center divide is on health care. They started out and they, they argued uh, Biden versus uh, the Medicare for All, Bernie and, and, and Warren kind of had a pretty substantive, still can't say the word, debate on health care but then the rest of the three hours was uh pretty pretty copacetic maybe a little bit of a dust up on on immigration policy but 
It's kind of interesting to think about the fact that that the only real right or center and left centrist versus versus leftist divide is kind of just over healthcare. Um, you had your the happy warrior Cory Booker just being being a happy warrior. Um, it was it, it was a kind of lackluster debate in a lot of ways, but I had to stay up and watch every second of it, and I was exhausted yesterday, and I'm still kind of exhausted today. But you know what? Uh, it's okay, and uh, this has been a great show. It was also a lot of fun sitting in for Kent on Mothers of Connection, and uh, I'm going to go party. Um, and... I want to close the show out before I hand it over to Joanna Perpich and Crime Talk BK. I want to play this song for my lady friend. This is Talking Heads, Girlfriend is Better. song has been stuck in my head for like three weeks running. So I thought maybe I'd get it stuck in your head. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. And have a wonderful Saturday afternoon. And uh, I guess I'm going to work on my wisdom, like Dr. Dad said. Let's go Mets. Um, bye. Oh,